I mean, we were kind of tipsy walking to our muster station <laughs> and all of the like families, we were on an outside muster station. So they were all like, the kids are crying and the, everybody is sweating because we're and on the sunny happy. side. And we're just like, this is great. Um, <laughs> hashtag, so, uh, hashtag cocktails before muster. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> everybody to this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and sam mail time mail call review yay. time yay love yay. it review time my favorite time of year <laughs> <laughs> or my favorite time of day we, we, we are recording this whatever. shortly before the christmas holiday that's uh, right hanukkah for sam uh she is a size 10 night southern caribbean for anyone looking for a last minute <laughs> gift for her <laughs> Uh, concierge right. preferably, but she'll take a veranda if she has to. So listen, I'll even I'll take an ocean view. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take an inside cabin. All right, fair. You know what? I would take an inside cabin too if it's free. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. This review comes from Sarah, followed by just a ton of sevens, eights, and sevens. So we're just going to call you Sarah, Sarah. Uh, and it says a fun and relaxing show. It's always nice to pop the DCL duo in and drive around with a nice mental vacation on a Disney cruise ship. Sam and Brian do a great job making their guests feel welcome and also doing compare contrast with other cruise lines. They have good critiques of the cruise lines and it always makes you want to book another vacay. Well, thank you, Sarah, for that review. Sam, yeah, you want to say thank you? Yes, thanks, Sarah. I never thought of myself as relaxing to listen to, but I'll take it, you know? <laughs> I'll take whatever I, I can get. <laughs> I can sympathize with the uh, putting on a podcast and driving around. I actually, during the pandemic, would do a virtual commute by driving my car around in circles near our neighborhood uh, just so I could feel like I got my podcast listening time in. So This is true. He definitely did that. I think it was just a you know, reason to like stay away from me for a while. <laughs> I can either confirm or deny. But with that, we have a fabulous <laughs> guest this evening with a fun topic. One of our favorites, first time cruising, right, Sam? That's right. I am so excited to welcome Mallory to the show. She went on her first cruise just like a little over a week ago on uh, the Disney Fantasy. So welcome to the show, Mallory. Hi, thank you for having me. It's so great to like be on here talking to you guys and not just listening. Yeah, we are excited to have you. I feel like first time cruising, as as our listeners know, first time cruising is a topic that is so near and dear to my heart because I, I love like reliving that first time experience through other people because I can never relive it myself again. And so it's just like a really fun thing for, for us to do and, and fun for us to talk to. And I feel like it gives us a chance to give a lot of information to people who perhaps are listening and have never been on a cruise before, because I don't even remember anymore what I don't remember, right? Like, I don't know what I don't know, if that makes sense, um, or what I didn't know back when we first started cruising. But before we dive into today's topic, we, of course, have to get your Disney credentials. And you have super impressive Disney credentials. So why don't you tell our audience what your background is with Disney? Yeah. So we, I grew up in a Disney through and through family. When we lived in Colorado until I was 11, we would take uh, periodic vacations down to Walt Disney World and we would like stay on property. And my mom was really great about making that like the thing that we all looked forward to every year. Um, and then while we were living in Colorado, one of the big things that kind of kicked off our Disney love was a little known or very few and far between remembered thing called Club Disney, um, which was like Disney's weird take on Chuck E. Cheese, but like way better. 
Um, it was wonderful. Uh, so we did that all the time. We practically lived there for the, I think, year and a half that it was open um, in Colorado. And then when they closed the year later, we moved to Celebration, Florida, which is like the Disney town next to Disney World. Um, so I grew up there throughout middle school and high school. I worked at Walt Disney World as a lifeguard at Typhoon Lagoon, the Goonies. All my friends worked at Disney World. So we had like a very strange upbringing where it'd be like, hey, we finished our homework. Let's go watch the fireworks or let's catch Spectro or something. It's just a very strange, but a kind of wonderful way to grow up. I love that. I feel like Brian had a similar experience in high school um, at Disneyland because he was in Orange County, California with Disneyland so close, like you could just pop in for the day. I, on the other hand, never had that experience. I wish I could. We did have a little amusement park near my house. It still exists called Adventureland. And yes, the movie Adventureland is supposed to be about this little tiny theme park on Long Island where I grew up. So it's just like a couple towns over, but it was not the same as living like next to Disney World or Disneyland, obviously. So I'm highly jealous of that fact and highly jealous that you were a cast member. Um, I That is something I wish I, I did. Now, I know you didn't have any cruise experience. However, you did sail on a boat for an entire semester in college. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about that? Yeah. So I've never done like a traditional cruise. My only cruising experience is a program called Semester at Sea. So when I was a junior in college, I boarded a ship for the very first time. I had never been on a cruise ship before. Um, and we circumnavigated the globe, which was really cool. Um, so I guess going into our Disney cruise, I knew I wasn't, I don't get seasick. I think I got seasick once in the middle of the Pacific Ocean during a thunderstorm. But like, yeah, living on a cruise ship and like working, and it's very different than a traditional cruise experience just because the food is nothing to write home about. We called it the three Ps, pasta, pork, and potatoes of increasing <laughs> sadness and the occasional <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. Like, <laughs> oh my God, not I good love food, it. but like you're in college, so who cares? <laughs> That's amazing. I like that is the best. I love that. I will tell you, my, I, I kind of wish I had done Semester at Sea, but only because I remember the real world season where they did Semester at Sea. Wait, what? I didn't know that was a thing. I'm going to yeah. have to go back and find this. Yeah. So Mallory, you're not as old as Brian or I are, I can tell from looking at you. But um, uh, yeah, back in the day when the real world was really big um, and it wasn't like the first couple seasons, it, but it wasn't like the last, wait, obviously. Wait, wait, the real world's not a thing anymore? It, like, it, no, I can't the work. real world doesn't exist anymore. Now the challenge still exists. I'm joking. Exists. You I'm know joking. Yeah. They've, all, they've all parlayed their success into uh, reality game shows now. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's what, so the challenge still exists, which still has some people who were on the real world on it, but the mostly later seasons of the real world. But yeah, there was a season of the real world that was semester at sea. So it was very, very, very different, of course, um, than the other seasons of the real world. But I digress. <laughs> I feel like we should. You think? You think? Yeah, Just a little bit. Was, I was so bit. jealous of the cast that got to go on Semester at Sea. So when I saw that in your in your message to us, Mallory, I was like, I have to ask you about Semester at Sea. So I love that you did that. I think that's awesome. I anyway. never saw the real world one, but I can't say enough good things about Semester at Sea. Like, yeah. you have the opportunity. Anybody out there, do it. It's wonderful. 
Yeah, it sounds awesome. And of course, not as luxurious as as a cruise, but you have, you know, at least some experience of what it's like to live on the boat and sail around um, seeing different places. So let's talk about the cruise, though, and why you decided to book Disney Cruise Line, why you decided to book this particular sailing on the fantasy the week before Thanksgiving. So Maritime Cruise, Eastern Caribbean. Um, and, uh, why, like why you chose Disney cruise line as a couple with no kids. Yeah. So, um, my husband is from Vietnam. He is not a Disney person, or at least he wasn't when he met me. (laughs) It's kind of like Stockholm syndrome now. Like he's learned to love it because it's not going anywhere. So he's slowly morphed into a Disney person. Um, and that's really the big reason we chose Disney. It's just, I've heard such wonderful things about Disney. Disney Cruise Line is one of the few facets of Disney that I have had like not touched, um, but had always kind of dreamed of doing. There was a shout out to Kirby, this guy I had a crush on in high school. who His family went on Disney cruises every year, multiple cruises a year. And I was just like, someday. Um, and so it was like, I was, I've always wanted to do one. Um, we booked the maritime cruise. Uh, you can't tell. I love Christmas. Um, and it was a bonus. We decided to go for our 10 year wedding anniversary. So we got married November 15th in 2013 and decided to try and get dates that aligned as close as possible to our anniversary. And it just so happened that a really fantastic sailing and we booked late. So we got a really good price. Um, it all just kind of the stars aligned and, and it worked out. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I think you must have gotten married when you were like 12 years old. But <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're my new favorite person now. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, you booked this cruise. You you had told me earlier before we started recording, you didn't really do any of the sort of planning or research before you booked the cruise. What kinds of research did you do after you had booked the cruise? But I assume before your like booking window opened for the cruise. Yeah, we had, I think, maybe two weeks between when we booked the cruise and when our booking window opened. And those two weeks were a flurry of guidebooks and podcast listening. I think I went back and I listened to every single DCL duo episode that mentioned the fantasy or maritime or like Eastern Caribbean. It was just like anything. And then when I got through those, I was like, okay, what other itineraries might I be interested in? And just listening to everything. Um, so it was definitely like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks methodology. So it was just kind of a flurry of everything. I also, for me, my husband's definitely not this way, but for me, I love the planning aspect. Um, so jumping in kind of feet first into reading and listening to everything I can get my hands on about Disney Cruise Line was like super fun for me. My husband would hate that, but I love it. So Brian loves that part as well, I would say. Um, I, I, I mean, I'll be a part of the planning, but Brian likes to do, I would say, the the bulk of the planning with one exception. I think I do more of the dining planning. So if there's like, I want a specific dining rotation because I want to do adult dining on a particular night or something like that, I will be the one to like figure out when, you know, what are the different rotations or contact whoever I need to contact to find that stuff out. But yeah, there is a lot to learn and a lot to plan. Now your booking window, you said you only have like a couple weeks. So you did some research when your booking window opened, were you even able to, dare I say, book anything because you're a first time cruiser. So you have the latest booking window, of course. Um, and at that point, that means 
a lot of other people have been able to book excursions and adult dining and whatever else spa treatments, those kinds of things on board already. Um, yeah. What were you, what were you hoping to book and what were you able to book? Yeah, there were a couple of things that I had kind of in my mind that I really wanted to try to book. Um, one of the shore excursions was full. Um, I was able to get into it at a later date though. Um, just by checking advice I learned on the podcast, um, checking back kind of obsessively until what I wanted opened up. We actually ended up canceling it and doing it on our own though, which I guess we can get into later. Um, we were able to book the couple's choice spa package, which, um, sold out pretty quickly. And yeah, mostly everything I wanted. I did stay up till midnight. Um, I was actually at Disney World that weekend. So my friend and I were like walking around the boardwalk and I'm like obsessively scrolling and like trying to get in on the app. And, um, but every, because I think I did it right at midnight when the booking window opened, I was able to get almost everything we wanted. And then everything, we eventually did get everything we wanted, um, between just checking back. And then when we got on the ship, we were able to snag a Palo brunch. Awesome. That you followed all the right tips. Yeah. So so good on you. I love that. Okay, so let's talk about, you know, getting down to Orlando. You're coming from Atlanta. Did you fly? Did you drive? And did you have, you know, a park stay? When did, sort of when did you arrive relative to the cruise? Yeah, so we drove down. Our cruise debarked on a Saturday. So we drove down Friday afternoon. Um, I'm going to bit of an overpacker. So we chose to drive just so that we didn't have to pay any like overweight luggage fees. <laughs> uh, I, lo I love that. I'm I'm also an overpacker. I've gotten better over time, but I'm notoriously still an overpacker. Yeah. I'm also a big shopper. So I was like fully intending on going crazy in the gift shops. And so we just thought it would be easier for us to drive. Um, we left the day before my husband works in hospitality, so we got a good rate at a local Marriott and then showed up the next day. Awesome. Now, did you stay in Coco Key area or, or Coco? What is it? Not Coco Key. Sorry. Did you stay in um, Coco Beach? That's I'm like mixing up the private island of Royal Caribbean and the location. Did you stay in the Coco Beach area or did you stay in the Orlando area? We stayed in Titusville. Uh, we stayed in Orlando. The, when we got back, we did a day at downtown Disney or Disney Springs, I guess, now for shopping and Christmas present purposes. Um, so we stayed there after, but we did Titusville before. Nice. Okay, so you you get up on Saturday morning and you drive to the to the port, Port Canaveral. What are you feeling when you see the beautiful Disney fantasy uh, sitting at Port Canaveral for the very first time? Well, I, so I always joke with everybody that I know that all my emotions go through my eyeballs, whether it's like anger, sadness, joy, they all go right through my eyes. So pretty immediately I start crying oh. <laughs> just because I'm like so excited and so overjoyed. And my husband's like, he's very even keel. We balance each other out in that way, I guess. Um, so I was just so excited. Um, we had talked about doing a Disney cruise for a long time and I don't think I ever actually believed we would do one. Um, cause we talk about doing a lot of things and most of them don't end up happening. So actually getting there, seeing the ship, like parking the cars, giving our luggage to the men in the red shirts and like, like going, like doing the thing. It was pretty overwhelming for me. I spent a lot of time that first day, just like happy crying. 
All right. Well, I, well, I, I mean, I love that because I'm the same kind of person. Um, I totally wear my heart on my sleeve, but okay. So you get into the terminal. How does check-in process go? Was it uneventful? I'm hoping I'm crossing my fingers an uneventful boarding process. Um, but yeah, how was it? Yeah, it all went very smoothly. Um, I was expecting that just because Disney is pretty good. Most of the, although our, our disembarkation was not very smooth. Um, but our embarkation was very smooth. We showed up maybe 30 minutes before our port arrival time. Um, and they had already started like boarding our group. So we just basically were like, we're here, where do we go? And they pointed us in the right direction. And I'm like excitedly bouncing off the walls. And my husband is like, calm down. Um, we did, my husband did forget to take a pocket knife out of his little like man satchel that he carries with him. Uh, so we did have, we get, did get diverted to the nice man at the little window on the side saying, Hey, you can't take this on the ship. We're going to babysit it for you. We're going to make sure it stays out of trouble and you can pick it up when you come back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's a really great reminder for folks that, you know, if you do end up bringing something that's not allowed on board, um, the great thing about Port Canaveral is probably the best place for this to happen. If you're doing an, an open loop cruise where you're departing from a different place than you're getting to, I'm not sure how this works. But if you're doing a closed loop like you do at, at Port Canaveral and probably even some of the other ports, even where Disney doesn't have a dedicated terminal, they will confiscate your item, give you a claim tag for it, take down you know your name, um, and then you will be able to pick that up when you debark the ship. Just don't forget it because nobody will track you down to give you back your things. So if you forget it, you will have to figure out tracking it down. Um, but yeah, it's a kind of a nice thing. I wish that the airport, you could do that, right? Cause at the airport, I know there have been times I see people, you know, with pocket knives in particular, I feel like this is a common thing, right? Men who carry a pocket knife, they end up having to like throw out their pocket knife or, if they have, you know, because they've already checked their luggage by the time they realize it's happened. So, yeah. No, they provide those nice little mailing stations at the airport where you can go like you can just mail it right there back to yourself. That's true. That is an option. But generally speaking, it's a pain in the butt. Well, um, and one of these days, I'm going to get a nice photo of the confiscated items table at Port Canaveral after we disembark because the things I've seen on that table. Very strange. Fascinating. There are yeah. things on the table. Where I'm like, what does that do even? So. Yeah. The the thing that I saw the most when we debarked um, in San Diego, because I did notice the table in San Diego um, that I hadn't noticed before. I've always noticed it in Port Canaveral because it's really right there. But this time, this is the first time uh, last week I noticed it in in San Diego. It was lots of steamers, lots of, um, you know, like clothing steamers. Like I feel like if people want their clothes to not be wrinkly, which I totally get, but it's just, yeah, you're not allowed to bring that on. And they... To, unfortunately, they don't really have steamers on board. They do just have iron. So you could use an iron to steam, but I don't know. It's not the best way to steam your clothes. So you'll have to wear wrinkly clothes. Sorry, folks. Um, everybody else will be wrinkly too. So don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. So you get through security, you get through the boarding process quickly, and you go across the gangway and you are in the beautiful fantasy atrium cast member asks you for your name and they say, welcome Nguyen family to the Disney fantasy. What are you feeling at that point? Are there tears there? Yeah, there's a lot of tears there. Just so like so exciting. The fantasies atrium or lobby, I'm not sure the precise terminology is really beautiful. Um, And it's hard to like, I don't know, in the ship, you're just 
it's 360, right? It's kind of like the parks, but it's even closer because it's kind of a confined space. Um, so it, it feels like you're living in this like little, like you've just stepped into this little weird Disney snow globe almost. And, and it's, it's very like kind of over, at least for me, overwhelming feeling. And we've had a couple of really hard years, like medical wise. So it was just like, wow, we're here. We get to relax. Everything is taken care of. We don't have to worry about anything for seven whole days. Oh, I love that picture. Like the idea of it being a snow globe. I've never heard somebody describe it that way, but it's perfect. It's literally a perfect description, Mallory. Like, especially with the Christmas decorations up for maritime cruises, it, I can just imagine it as a snow globe. Like it, it really, it really is. Um, what did you think of the decorations of the ship? What did you think of the decor of the ship? Obviously it's when you get on, you probably didn't realize like how big it's actually going to be. But yeah, what did you what did you think of the the spaces and the decor for Christmas? I loved the the Christmas decorations. One of the reasons we had chosen the fantasy over the wish, we had like briefly talked about maybe doing like a three or four night on the wish and some park days. Um, well, partially it's because I love really traditional Christmas decorations. Like I'm a I'm a red and green and gold kind of gal. Um, the cheesier and kitschier your Christmas decorations are, the more I'm going to love it. True child of the late 80s and 90s. And I just thought like Disney decorations aren't cheesy or kitschy really, but they're, I mean, it's just so traditional and beautiful. To me, it really felt like they had every corner of the ship, there was something. So like even in the hallways where it was people's doors, it wasn't like official Disney stuff. They had the music very loud in the hallways, like, really blasting that Christmas music and like all of the dining spaces had subtle or not so subtle Christmas decorations. And then of course the atrium is just like completely beautiful with the enormous three or four deck tall Christmas tree. It was dark when we came on, which was, I like knew there was a Christmas lighting that night, but my brain had not connected that like, you can't have the lit Christmas tree until Christmas tree lighting. So that was right. a little strange. Mickey and the Mickey and the Fab Five have to light the tree before it can have lights, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love that. Um, let's, uh, let's shift gears a bit and talk a little bit about the ports that you all visited. And then we'll go back um, to talking about some of the onboard activities and in particular, some of the maritime activities, of course. Um, but you, you were on an Eastern Caribbean. Uh, what were your ports? I know, obviously, Castaway. And I, I'm, I'm guessing what your other ports were, but I'm going to let you tell us. Our first port was Tortola, British Virgin Islands, and then St. Martin in the U.S. Virgin Islands, and then Castaway. Nice. Okay, so not St. Thomas, Tortola, and St. Martin. Those Sorry, are... I said St. Martin. I meant St. Thomas. Oh, St. Thomas. Okay, yeah. Sometimes they they ha they do switch it up, so that's why I asked, because the, tr the traditionally it's Tortola and St. Thomas, but there are some variations for Eastern Caribbean. Um, okay, so what were your what were your plans as far as port uh, excursions? We'll start with Tortola. Yeah, so because of my experience with Semester at Sea, um, doing kind of world travel on a very broke college student budget. Um, I've gotten really comfortable with planning things and like I have some experience with, you know, onboard time and be there or get left behind. Um, so I felt pretty comfortable with doing things on our own. We had initially wanted to book one of the excursions to the baths. Um, and then w the more research I did, the more I was like, we can do this on our own for half the price um, and probably half the people. And so that's what we ended up doing. So we got off 
the ship in Tortola as early as possible. We were a little bit late coming in, I think. And so we got off as soon as possible, caught the 745 ferry from Tortola to the um, to Virgin Gorda. And then the ferry had a taxi included or like a taxi bus, open air bus ride included to the national parks of the baths. We were there. We were the first people to set foot on the beach that morning. And it was just like truly incredible. Um, if you have the opportunity to go there and do the, and you're interested in doing the baths, um, they have this great hiking trail through this beautiful kind of cave system. I totally recommend doing it on your own. It's very easy. And we were, we did the whole thing, hiked through it. Uh, it took maybe two, two and a half hours. And then just as we were leaving, all the tours were showing up. So it was like 200 people all at once. And we had had the beaches basically to ourselves all morning. So as you're describing this, I'm like flashing over to the scene in Dodgeball where Jason Bateman says, bold strategy, Cotton, let's see if it pays off for them because it is bold to just on your first cruise, just get out there and do the excursion on your own. I applaud. I applaud that strategy. You made it back to the ship, obviously, on time. Did you did you feel like you, you know, you had a good day there in you know, Tortola, uh, you know, on your own? Or would you next time say, maybe I would check out one of the Disney excursions? I loved doing it on our own. Um, it worked out so well. And like I said, my husband's recovering from some health issues. So we had like a really active morning. Um, and we're both fairly active people. I would put the caveat to the bath that like, if you are not an active person, the hike they say is moderate. I would say it's only moderate to an active person. If you are not active, I would classify that hike as strenuous. And and it's also not handicapped accessible at all, right? Yeah, I've heard that that area, I've heard the baths in general are not really accessible. Um, and so that's not one for someone who uses crutches or wheelchair or something like that to really check out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And footwear was a big thing too. We wore hiking sandals. We both like to, I don't like to hike like my husband does. I like to go for walks and then sit down somewhere and read. Um, but I do have hiking sandals and that's what we wore. And you would need something with like grippy bottoms because you're walking up and down kind of slick rocks while holding on to a rope. So having some like proper footwear, I would even say you want something a little more substantial than a water shoe just because you want something your feet aren't going to slip around in. But I love doing it on our own. I would totally recommend doing it. We talked to some people. We did a Disney excursion in St. Thomas and we were talking with some people on that excursion who had done the baths with Disney. And they were saying that the crowds, like they felt like the excursion was just too many people. Traveling through the baths through that cave system, you basically have to go single file. And if you are get stuck behind somebody with kids or somebody who's moving kind of slowly or struggling with the terrain, it's really going to impact the amount of time you have at either of the beaches um, on either side of the baths. I thought doing it on our own was the way to go. But like I said, I'm a I have some experience with planning travel on my own. And I was fairly confident that I could corral my chronically late husband to get back on time. <laughs> I love it. Well, and the great thing or the easy thing about the Caribbean is that everybody speaks English. Let me just put that out there. So, of course, this Tortola is a British Virgin Island. So obviously their language is English. But even still, even at other places in the Caribbean, pretty much everyone speaks English. That is the main language spoken even on even in places that are um, that were territories of of other countries, it's mostly an English speaking area. So it's it's easier than maybe other parts of the world. Um, did, did you get some time then at the beach there, um, either before, or after the, or probably 
probably after the hike. Yeah, we did um, some snorkeling and beach time at the way the baths are is you get in and you can go to Devil's Bay, which was my favorite part other than the hike through the baths. It's just beautiful and pristine. Um, And so we did some snorkeling there and then kind of you will get wet on the hike through the baths. So we just kind of strapped on our sandals, tossed our stuff in our backpacks and walked through the caves. And then when we got to the other side, there's, um, I think it's called Poor Man's Pub. It's like a drink shack with some food. Um, we kind of sat there and did some more snorkeling and took pictures and just kind of marveled at the beauty. Awesome. Sounds like a great day. We napped hard, though, when we got back. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, it's been a while since we've been in the sun like this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sunscreen. That's very important, actually. Very important tip for folks like the Caribbean sun is no joke. um, And if you're out in it for even a short period of time, you might get sunburned, but it it will take the other it will it will take the energy out of you real, real fast, just from especially a strenuous hike as well. What did you guys get up to then in St. Thomas? Thomas, you said you did book a Disney excursion there. Yeah, we did a snorkeling to Shipwreck Cove in St. Thomas. I really loved that one. My husband got a little seasick on the catamaran ride out to the Shipwreck Cove area. Um, I didn't, but uh, and, but we both had a great time. The people who led the excursion, I'm trying to remember who did it. I think it was called Castaway Girl was the catamaran crew. Um, and they were really knowledgeable. Somebody was in the water with us kind of pointing out like there was a sea turtle at one point and a stingray. And so when they, they knew where the wildlife would be and they could point it out to us. And then on the way back, there was an open bar. So it was a good time. It was wonderful. I had a great experience there. I gotta say, Sam, that castaway girl sounds familiar to me. I'm wondering if we did an excursion with them at some point as well. I think we did. And I don't know if it was at St. Thomas or if it was at one of the other ports, but I believe that they are they are around that area. So it might have been actually in St. Thomas because we've done several um, catamaran excursions over the years, depending upon you know where we were at. But um, yeah, St. Thomas is a great place. Wonderful snorkeling. We love it there. It's one of our favorite, one of our favorite ports of call for sure. All right. Well, the star, of course, though, it, it, well, I don't know if it was the star, but the probably one of the things that drew you to this cruise that draws a lot of people to these itineraries, at least to the Caribbean or the Bahamian itineraries, is Castaway Key, Disney's private island. What did what did you guys get up to on Castaway? Did you book anything in advance? Um, I always tell people not to, but no, sometimes people don't listen to me unless it's parasailing um, or a cabana <laughs> with those two caveats. But I just think you don't have to because there's so much to do without you know having to book anything. But what did you guys get up to on Castaway? So we had initially booked a banana boat ride in my like YouTube rabbit hole research. I had somehow just found it looked like somebody's home video of their family doing a banana boat ride in Castaway Key. And like the first couple of minutes were like, oh, this looks so lame. This looks really lame. And then they like start flying off the banana boat. We're like, okay, this looks really fun. But the winds were very high when we pulled into Castaway. It was raining. We were all kind of like, oh, we had had really great weather up until that point. And so we were like, "Uh uh-oh. So everything got canceled except I think the Stingray stuff. But pretty immediately upon like getting off the ship in Castaway, the sun came out. It it cleared up. It was breezy. It was definitely windier. But it was like a perfect beach day. So, you know, we rallied pretty quickly. (laughs) It's hard to feel down in Castaway Key. 
Uh, one thing I forgot to mention with our Disney experience, both my husband and I have a pretty extensive history with Run Disney. So we've done a lot of the Run Disney races. So we did the Castaway Key 5K, Castaway K 5K, I guess, in the morning when we got off the ship. And then like just as we were finishing and I was like really red and disgusting, um, the sun came out and we were able to jump in the water. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's that is always a highlight. I don't know when it's really hot. I can't run the Castaway 5K. I I only do it in like fall, spring, winter months. I will not do it in the summer because the Caribbean is just way too hot for me. Um, but I love doing the the 5K, and I love getting my rubber medal at the end. <laughs> yeah, we did Dopey in 2020, like right before the world fell apart. Yeah, and one of our big regrets was that we didn't just book the cruise and do the castaway he challenge that year because i'll never do dopey again yeah. no thank you um <laughs> that was that was our that last was cruise on we, disney cruise line yep, yeah that was our last that, cruise before the pandemic yeah that was the one and it was the first time we had ever done a run disney event we did marathon weekend so brian did the goofy that weekend so he did the half and the full Kudos not the dopey, to you. because he wasn't he wasn't as crazy as you are um in doing the five the ten the half and the full and i just ran the the 10 and then we both ran the 5k on um on castaway so we did that was a great opportunity and now they at least have not done it this past year they have they or this current coming year i should say they are not doing the the castaway challenge with run disney weekend so we'll see maybe it'll come back in the future I hope it does. That might be the only way I ever do dopey again is to get all all those medals lined up. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I have heard from many people who pre-book the bicycles and floaties and snorkel combination thing, and then they never use it. And it doesn't cost any more to book on the island as as opposed to booking in advance. And so I, I feel for, like for that one, there's no reason to book in advance. The other things you do have to book in advance or they fill up. So um, just my little piece of advice to folks out there, you can have an awesome day at Castaway without a cabana and without booking anything. So <laughs> well, it sounds like you had a great day at Castaway despite you know, some cancellations from wind, which is not unusual as people who have listened to this podcast know Brian has booked parasailing an ungodly number of times. And most of the time, although not the last few times, it gets canceled. So. Well, and can, can I just take a minute here? Cause this has come up more than once now to go off on a side tangent for one second, uh, which is just, sure, it's our show. If, <laughs> if you book it, like, so I've seen this more and more recently where people are extraordinarily upset that they didn't go to Castaway Key on their sailing because of weather, mechanical issue, whatever it is. Totally get being upset. I'd be bummed too. But can we please stop the insanity of demanding that Disney Cruise Line compensate you for that missed, especially if it's weather related? Like Disney controls a lot in this world. They don't control the weather. And you'd probably be surprised how often they miss that port stop because Castaway Key is a tricky port to get into. The ship is super exposed uh, to the wind as it's trying to dock. The island is flat. There's nothing to block the wind, unlike coming into like a St. Thomas where there's mountain ranges and things. I just, just my personal plug if you miss Castaway Key because of weather, like please be kind to the cast members on board. It happens a lot. I'm sorry if it was a once in a lifetime opportunity for you, but they can't they 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 can't compromise the safety of the ship to get it in the castaway key if the weather is really 
really bad. If it's a mechanical issue, I do think Disney needs to own up to that and you know make that right. But if it's just a weather-related issue, I've just seen so many calls recently where people are like, "Whoa, we missed Castaway and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I, I get it. it. It stinks. I saw one recently where people were upset that they arrived at Castaway late because a passenger on board had a medical emergency and they had to turn back to Fort Lauderdale. And I'm like, come on, like put yourself in their shoes for one Second, like uh, if someone needs medical attention, let's get them the help they need. And then and they still got to cast away and they stayed later than they were supposed to. So like uh, it, it's I understand it's it's not great when there's disruptions to your cruise, but let's all be kind to one another and be especially kind to our cast members. So end of rant back to our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear somewhere that the the wish coming into cast away the day after us couldn't dock um, because of weather. It, hap- it happens a lot. Like that is a windy area. And again, it's just a flat landmass. The ship is gigantic. And so if the wind is whipping, there's no way they can protect it. Right. So, yeah. Well, and on the wish, it's like, I think even tougher because you might only, you know, you're only going to have usually two port stops. Right. And, and one of them is castaway. And so people are like really, well, it's a lot of first time cruisers, of course, and they get really, really mad if they don't get to go to castaway, which, you know, it happens. Well, and, the, and, the, and we know the captains make Herculean efforts to get that oh, yeah. ship docked to Castaway because they know what's coming if they don't. So, <laughs> they know the, the, so the just barrage rest, of complaints. Yeah. yeah, rest assured, it wasn't like someone like, you know, walked up on deck and, you know, stuck their finger out and was like, feels a little <laughs> too windy. Let's just keep going. Like they really, they'll try three, four times to get that ship docked. So, yeah, just... Be kind. Be kind. <laughs> All right. Well, so we've covered your port stops. We've got to cover, you know, maritime activities since, you know, this is this is a, a hard show to cover because you've got first time cruiser who also got to do maritime activities. So I got to talk about maritime. activities. Well, and, well we got to say, like, if if anyone's going to talk about maritime activities, Mallory right now, for those of you listening in your car, is sitting in front of her Christmas tree in what appears to be either flannel pajamas or a flannel shirt. She looks so Christmas looks so ready right now. right now. Yeah. Let's talk about very merry time. So yes. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode uh, so tell us you the tree lighting you mentioned the first night tell us what you thought of the tree lighting and then we'll talk about some of the other onboard maritime activities I thought the tree lighting was really nice. Um, the show, I was a little worried, especially like the atrium shows I've heard can feel a little cramped, feel a little short. I did not, I don't know. 
maybe I'm, I'm a Disney person. So like, and I don't love crowds. So like my idea of both heaven and hell is, is like waiting for happily ever after in the cat in like that area in front of the castle where I'm like so excited, but also like, Oh my God, there are so many people around me. So it felt way less overwhelming than the parks. Like as a parks person, I was expecting parks and I got like not parks, <laughs> which was great. So I loved the show itself was great. Like the moment when Mickey comes out and then Santa comes out and I'm just like, Oh my God, it's so magical. It was great. <laughs> like the whole thing was wonderful. It was, and it was pretty traditional. Um, Disney has made weird forays into like pop songs for Christmas time on their stage shows in the parks. I was really happy none of that seemed to have made it onto the ship because I don't like that very much. <laughs> it was just like very traditional Christmas Disney magic and it was wonderful. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And then, of course, when that tree is lit up, it's like a beautiful moment because it's, as you mentioned, this just humongous tree that's like multiple stories tall. You know, you can see where it's sort of anchored to the walls or to the railings on the upper decks. And yeah, it's just it's just gorgeous. I, I will um, say if you're into traditional Christmas decorations, do not do a very merry time on the wish, at least yes. in its current state. You get gold Christmas tree on the wish. So very modern take. On yes. The, and not a traditional gingerbread house. And and I think that that's what Mallory was alluding to in doing her research about which ship to go on for merry time. And, and definitely um, if you if you really want to go on the wish, um, the wish is great, but it definitely has a more modern take on Christmas decorations than the other four ships. All right, so tell us what other maritime activities did you get up to? Did you do story time with Mrs. Claus? Did you take get your picture taken with Santa? I mean, what stuff did you get up to? So we don't have any kids, so we were very often kind of mindful. We wanted to make sure that the kids around us had chances to do things like story time with Mrs. Claus. So we usually would stop by. Um, I think we hit up every merry time offering that they had, even if we didn't like actively participate. So like it was never in the navigator or announced, but when they, when Santa or Mrs. Claus comes out in the atrium, they also put out hot chocolate and cookies and you do not need to say hello to Santa to partake of the hot chocolate and cookies. You can just Absolutely. like drive by, get your hot co chocolate and cookies, wave at Santa and peace out. <laughs> Um, so we did a lot of that. Uh, we did kind of very briefly come by story time with Mrs. Claus. One of the times it was offered, but it conflicted. And now I can't remember what it conflicted with. It conflicted with something else we wanted to do. Um, so we like, like, oh, this is great. Okay, bye. And went off to whatever else we were doing. Yeah, I, I know some people we had talked to talked about how they felt that there wasn't enough Christmas. I honestly, as a Christmas enthusiast, I felt like Disney really hit the mark. If you wanted something Christmas, there was almost always a craft or a movie. They showed um, Muppet Christmas Carol, which is my favorite of the Christmas Carol adaptations on Funnel Vision. Like there was always something Christmas I felt going on if you wanted to do that. But if you didn't want Christmas stuff, like my husband is Vietnamese, Christmas is not really his bag. So he could be like, I'm going to go do this other thing that is not Christmas related. And that would be fine. He really didn't have that option because it's our anniversary cruise. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. As you mentioned, Christmas crafts they had on board. And I think there was at least one Christmas or holiday trivia that they had, at least on our cruise. Do they have the carolers on your cruise? They did have the carolers, but they weren't like announced in the navigator. They were just before one of the other events. I think it might have been one of the Santa things that we saw or the story time with Mrs. Claus where the carolers came out and sang beautifully. 
and then kind of went away and the rest of the show started, which I don't know, it felt nice because it was like a little Christmas secret, but you did have to search out those things a little bit sometimes because they weren't all in the navigator, like every detail wasn't listed there. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the new, um, well, new, new, it was new to us even, but new to you, I guess, anyway, because <laughs> you're a new cruiser, but the, the deck party, um, Mickey and Minnie's, um, holiday party. I, so I had mixed feelings. I didn't love the songs. Uh, I was very m- more poppy and modern. Definitely. Yeah. It was definitely more poppy and modern, but Goofy is my favorite character. And so the whole storyline of like, Goofy, spoilers, Goofy being like bummed that Max might not make it home for Christmas, like pleased my Goofy movie heart to no end. Oh, I love that. It was, I thought that was really heartwarming too. I, I enjoyed the pop music. Um, it was definitely a little less traditional than other holiday stuff that Disney has done on the ships, but I, I liked it cause I felt like it was you know, we had the traditional tree lighting and so we could have a more modern deck party. But I too uh, enjoyed the the heartwarming family theme of, of the deck party. So that was really nice. All right. So Mallory, I know that you told me before we started recording that you are a recovering theater kid, as obviously folks know I am as well. And, you know, I, I imagine that as a recovering theater kid, you had to go see some shows on the Walt Disney Theater stage. So tell us, you know, what you did, which shows did you see? You were on a seven night sailing. So you had three of the main stage shows and maybe some variety acts. Um, what, what did you see and what did you think? So we saw all of the Broadway style musicals. I am a musical theater person. Um, so we actually rearranged one of our dining nights. We had a spa appointment that that ran late. So we decided to like skip dinner that night to make sure we could go see the show. That was like one of my priorities. And that was Aladdin, um, which was amazing. So the shows on our voyage were Aladdin, Frozen, and Believe. And I loved them all. They were all very good. Frozen was my favorite though, which surprised me because I'm not a Frozen person. I taught English in Vietnam when Frozen came out. So I've heard Let It Go like a billion million times. <laughs> and I was just like super, super over Frozen. Uh, love Frozen too, but the original, I'm like kind of over, but I still, I cried twice. It's just, it was amazing. They were all great. It, it's really well done. I think the, the on Disney Cruise Line, that production, both on the fantasy and on the wonder, it, it's just a fantastic production, I think. What about variety acts? Did you go see any of the variety acts on the Walt Disney stage or and or and or did you see a movie on the Walt Disney stage? We wanted to see the Marvels because it came out the week that we sailed. But we had there are so many things to do that we were like, we don't want to spend our time doing things that we can only do on the ship, see, doing something we can do at home or on Disney Plus in like three months. Um, so we ended up not seeing the Marvels, even though we had kind of planned on doing that. We did see the ventriloquist, whose name I have forgotten. We saw her both on the main stage and her like adult-only act in the tube. Um, she was wonderful. Her adult-only act was better. It was really great. But we had missed the juggler and the comedian um, just by virtue of there's too many things to do. It was my takeaway from a Disney cruise. Like I want to go back on a non-maritime sailing because I felt like there was taking out the maritime stuff. Maybe we could have gotten a lot more ground covered, but there was just so much to do. Honestly, Mallory, even on a non-maritime, there's still too many things to do. You still have to pick and choose your, your, your activities. 
I, I think you make a great point about the movies. We had the same aim to see either Marvel's or Wish on our cruise since we Wish came out the week after you sailed and came out while we were sailing. And um, we didn't go see either of them because we're just well, like... I, it's, in part, I refuse to spend time in a movie theater when I'm on a cruise. <laughs> and, uh, I do yeah. not. I have we And we oh, have yeah. seen movies on board in the past, but there's just, yeah, there's just so much well, to I, do. I've, elim- I've eliminated yeah. the problem of too much to do on a Disney cruise by just not doing anything other than yeah. sitting by the pool. And <laughs> I'm perfectly happy pool spa rainforest room i'm good i don't i don't need the rest that's true so. and old fashions at whatever bar is on board yeah so i love the um, bars and the music i yeah i don't need organized true. activities yeah that's true i i on the <laughs> other hand run around to all of the, or not all of but a lot of organized activities no all of them you try to do them all you're like yeah i try yeah. to do a lot of them a lot of them you, if okay, you could so bring like a telepresence robot on board you'd go to two activities at once i think so yeah there you go <laughs> probably that's so, me too Yeah. So now before we turn to food, Mallory, um, because obviously we have to talk about food because it's Disney um, and because we love food. Were there any other activities on board that you got up to that you either surprised you or that you particularly enjoyed? Um, So we spent a lot of time at the spa. We got the couple's choice massage. So that's like the 75 minute massage with the private jacuzzi and the foot scrub thing, which was wonderful. And they end your couple's massage. It's the only couple's massage I've ever had where they end it this way, where they like ring a bell and they put your hands to get, so you're like holding hands. And I just thought that was the sweetest thing ever. And then we also had the week long pass for the rainforest room, which 10 out of 10 can't recommend that enough. If for no, nothing else, the jacuzzis are less human soupy than the other ones. So like anytime we went in, we had a jacuzzi to ourselves. And that was like our favorite thing to do after port. We would drop our bags in the walkers usually in the at the spa and then hightail it to the jacuzzi and then watch us leave the port from the jacuzzi. Oh, that's awesome. And that's the I want to point out that is like a fantastic thing to do on the dream or the fantasy. You can't do that on the wonder or the magic. There are no jacuzzis in the rainforest room on the wonder and the magic. You can do it on the wish, but you can't see outside because you're kind of down in a you, you can sit in a jacuzzi, you can see up, but you can't really see out to see sail away. But yeah, I think the the fantasy and the dream have the best rainforest room because of that fact that you that you just mentioned. So that sounds like a fantastic thing to to do. Any other activities on board that you particularly enjoyed or or surprised you maybe in even a negative way, I don't know. Um we also did two of the drink tastings, so we did the mixology class because Brian had like sung its praises in some of the podcasts I heard before, so we did that. We did that on embarkation day and it was a really nice way to kind of kick off our vacation. I mean, we were kind of tipsy walking to our muster station (laughs) and all of the like families, we were on an outside muster station. So they were all like, the kids are crying and everybody is sweating because we're on the sunny side. And we're just like, this is great. Um, Hashtag hashtag cocktails before muster. There you go. (laughs) Like the way to do it. And we also did the tequila margarita tasting on one of the other days. I can't remember now, um, which was also great. They were both led by Marco in the Skyline Lounge. And he was fantastic. Great dry sense of humor and made the only old fashioned I've ever had that actually I enjoyed. So. Oh, wow. That's high praise. I love it. Yeah. If you well, get back it. on the fantasy, go see Marco and ask yeah. for an old fashioned number three. What was our favorite drink there, Sam? We, there was that blue drink that I'm trying yeah, to remember the name of. The, it was one of the the cocktails. Uh, what is it called? The 
the Paris Paris 75 or it's not a yeah. French yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of a take on the French seventy-five, but it's a yeah. It's anyway. In we love Skyline Lounge. Like I like I mentioned to you before the show, Mallory. We haven't been on the Fantasy now. It's been like two years. We've got a trip on the Fantasy in about a year, and we're so excited because we ha- we just. Haven't I been tried to, to convince you to do forever. a trip on the Fantasy next uh, July, but and Sam said no. Sam said no. We've got too many. We've got two cruises in June. I can't do one in July. Also, my work will. Fire me probably. (laughs) Anyway. uh, Okay. So we got awesome cocktails. We've got awesome spa appointments and rainforest room. Before we hit food, I feel like I got to ask you about characters because I know you're a parks girl. What did you think about the character interactions and how were like the lines? Because I know we're we're hearing more and more and experiencing ourselves. Unfortunately, the lines seem to be getting longer for the characters on the cruises. Yeah, we did. We didn't do all the characters partially because of the lines. We didn't do as many as we wanted. So we kind of prioritized. I mentioned I love Goofy. So we saw Goofy a couple of times. We also dressed up as Mr. Smee and Captain Hook for (laughs) Pirate Night. So we wanted to get our picture with Captain Hook and Mr. Smee on Pirate Night. And that was maybe the longest line we waited in. And but it wasn't too bad. We we got there pretty early before they even officially opened the line and maybe waited 20, 25 minutes. Um, we still made it up to the deck sh- for the deck show. We still had a decent spot. Like it wasn't bad, but they were a little bit lengthier. I was surprised we did like just run into characters wandering around and their like handler was following. Um, so we ran into Goofy and his tux, just like randomly walking around deck five. We ran into Rapunzel. So like we ran into people or characters, um, which was pretty magical. I'm still on the, I, I heard that they have sleepwalking Goofy on some of the ships. And that is, it's like now my life's mission to find sleepwalking Goofy. I think we've seen him once on our uh, Southern Caribbean cruise, which is a longer sailing. We saw him once wandering the hallways and it was just super cute. <laughs> so cute. I saw a picture and now I'm like, it is my life's goal to find you. I know. So <laughs> cute. Really cute. All right. Well, that brings us to food. I've got to ask you, Mallory, first, um, what you thought of cabanas and then we'll turn to main dining. Um, so my husband is a string bean of a man who loves to eat. And I'm like the opposite. I'm like a short, I'm like a Mrs. Potts type um, <laughs> who loves to eat maybe too much. So we found, we found Cabana's really good. And my only gripe for like all of the food on the ship would be that my husband's Asian. The Asian offerings are few and far between. And what is there is not great. So like having maybe a little bit more variety at Cabana's with like one or two more Asian offerings would be or like just rice. Like I think we saw rice twice and it wasn't, it was a little dry looking, but, um, but other than that, we really couldn't complain. Uh, I think we, he ate two entrees every day and I had two desserts every day. And did yeah, you, we, did you ask, did you ask your, cause I think they will make Asian food in main dining if you request it. And I think they serve it family style. And I've seen them bring out white rice for exactly the reason that you're mentioning. So did you ask at all in mean dining about that? We didn't ask about Asian food in general, but we were talking with our, it wasn't our head server, but like the middle, our dedicated server. Um, and he was from India. So he was telling us, we had talked about, we, I have been to India and we were talking about um, Asian food in general. And he did tell us that if you request it the night before, they'll make you Indian food. 
Um, but he didn't say anything about Asian food in general. And I don't know if that's just because we weren't specific in asking or if it's just Indian food. I think generally speaking, it, it is it is generally Indian food. I have seen them bring white rice that, without the curries, but generally speaking, it is Indian food. And the reason is because they've got a ton of that in the crew mess. So they're making it every night because there's a lot of Indian and Indonesian um, uh, ca- uh, cast or crew, whatever you want to call them. And so they are making curries in the dining room every night. But I don't think that they have, you know, Vietnamese food or Thai food or Chinese food, really. I mean, they will have some stir fry things, as you mentioned, so occasionally in the buffet at Cabana's. But yeah, it's not, it's definitely not as much of a thing as the Indian food that's offered on board um, it to, for the crew for the most part and occasionally in cabanas. What did you think of the quality of the food in main dining? I thought the quality was great. Um, we enjoyed pretty much everything we ate. There was especially there was a grouper dish. And now I can't remember this, the like specific dish it was, but it was in the Enchanted Garden on our first night. It was like a grouper and risotto dish that was really like maybe one of the favorite things we ate. And it was like first night. Yeah, like we enjoyed all of the food. My husband struggled a little bit. We had Palo brunch and the food I thought was incredible. My husband doesn't like cheese. If you don't like cheese, Italian food on a Disney ship, probably not for you. There's a lot of cheese there. I thought it was amazing. But- I, think there's, I think there's a good fish, like a snapper dish um, on the menu in um, in Palo for brunch that would be fine. No, obviously no cheese with fish. That's generally speaking, cheese and fish don't mix, but yeah, you'd have to kind of stay towards the pescatarian side to get, to stay away from cheese, oddly enough. Yeah. So yeah, probably not the best for somebody who's not, not real into cheese, but I'm glad to hear you enjoyed Palo brunch. Did you guys do, um, Remy at all, or did you do dinner at Palo? Nope. We just did the Palo brunch. Um, we thought about doing Palo dinner as well, but we were enjoying our main dining so much that we were like, why, why rock the boat? Yeah, I, t- I tend to tell first time cruisers not to book, you know, adult dining, at least not for dinner, because there are so many, you know, different things to try in main dining. And you have, you know, a different menu every night, including the three main rotational menus, the three alternative rotational menus, and then a pirate night menu, which would probably be what you got on your cruise. Um, So I think that's a a good strategy. I'm trying to, now that we've talked about dining, we've talked about uh, character interactions, we've talked about shows. Is there anything that we've missed, Mallory, that we haven't talked about yet? Because we've obviously we talked about the maritime activities, Um, but anything in particular that, you know, was special or surprising on on this uh, maritime first cruise? Um, one of the things that I was surprised that we enjoyed so much, uh, we had an inside, we had the smallest room, like on the ship, we were in a standard inside room, um, for two people, we felt like it was very comfortable and the bathroom wasn't an issue for us. Um, we really surprising. I, when I was on semester at sea, I had an inside stateroom that was smaller than the standard inside stateroom on the Disney cruise. And I shared it with two girls instead of just my husband. So I knew to expect a smaller room. I loved the addition of the porthole mm-hmm. with the characters. Oh, like it, yeah, the magic It was just hole. really cute. And we would almost, um, especially for a Caribbean cruise where the outside is pretty, but it's like we spent hardly any time in our in our room. Mm-hmm. Like the addition of the characters was just something we really enjoyed and would 
I think we would bump up to the deluxe inside next time. Yeah. But until we do something like Alaska or I'm trying to bully my husband in doing the ice in Norway. Oh, yeah. Itinerary. We would be totally happy inside uh, just because there's not that much you're looking at. And if you really want to look at it, you can go to deck four, you can go to the pool. Like there's so many other places and the characters just kind of tickled our little hearts. And I hear that you get the best sleep in those inside cabins, actually, because it's so dark, like so, so dark. Uh, the, the very best sleep I've had in like last several years on the sixth night, we had really rocky seas. So we had the ship rocking the pitch black. It was like the best night sleep ever. Waking up is real hard, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Without the sun, for sure. Love it. Now, um, Brian, is there anything that I've missed that you want to ask before I subject to Mallory to rapid fire? No, I'm going to save my last question for the end, Sam. So I do think we've reached that point in the show where I need to subject Mallory to Sam's arbitrary judgment, arbitrary rules, and arbitrary questions in the round we know as rapid fire. So Sam, take it away. Why, thank you, Brian, for that lovely introduction. Mallory, you know what is about to happen. I'm going to ask you your Disney favorites and your Disney Cruise Line favorites. Now, of course, you've only been on the Disney Fantasy, so your favorite ship is now the Disney Fantasy. I will make that question already checked off the box. But we're going to start with your... You never know, Sam. She might have had such a horrible experience. Her favorite ship is the Carnival <laughs> Mardi Gras. We don't, we don't know. I mean... Uh, listen, I'm pretty sure from this questioning, from this conversation we've had, that she is hooked and is already... She's already talking, trying to convince... Is, the suspense is killing me. So She's trying to convince her husband to go on Iceland, Norway, which is a longer cruise. So come on. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> favorite Disney feel. character? Favorite... Uh, yes. <laughs> Ryan, stop taking my questions. This is my job, okay? The rapid fire is my show. All right, Mallory, who is your favorite Disney character? And Disney means anything that Disney owns in the universe. For sure, Goofy, all the way. Love it. All right, what is your favorite Disney movie? Ooh, that's a tough one. I I really like, I'm going to go with the Goofy movie just because it's like fresh on my head. But if you ask me next week, it'll be something different. But <laughs> the eye to eye renaissance that's going on right now, I'm like totally here for it. I love it. Love it. Okay. Favorite Disney song. And if it's not something by Powerline, I'm going to be surprised. <laughs> so it's almost the Powerline song, but I'm going to go uh, When You Wish Upon a Star. Oh, I love that. Awesome. All right. What is your favorite Disney stage show on Disney Cruise Line? I'm going to go Frozen, even though it's not my favorite show, the staging. And they did it that night with all the rocking. It was just so impressive and so wonderful. Well, I, I love that you gave that answer because that is the right answer. If you're on the Disney Fantasy, the only right answer to this question on the Disney Fantasy is Frozen. Not to say that Aladdin can't be wonderful and that Believe can't be wonderful, but clearly, um, clearly Frozen is the right answer. Okay, what is your favorite bar on the Disney Fantasy? I wish I could take the bartender from Skyline and plop him in the Meridian because that would be my favorite. I loved the Meridian bar, but man, Marco makes everything taste amazing. Yeah, I, I love that answer because the drinks at Skyline are probably better than, and, than the drinks at Meridian, but I love Meridian also. I love the, the atmosphere there. So great answer. That is also, you're getting bonus points for that, Mallory, actually. All right. Favorite onboard activity? Oh, my gosh. Um, favorite onboard activity? Anything Christmas was amazing. Yeah, anything Christmas. 
Awesome. Okay. Favorite rotational dining? Animator's palette. The, the, the ambiance is just amazing. Love that. It's so fun. All right. Favorite. We're going to do favorite food items. I want to know your favorite sweet item and then your favorite savory item. We always start with sweets because favorite savory are my favorites. So what was your favorite sweet item on board? Um, definitely the, it was like a chocolate lava cake at Palo Brunch. Oh, wait. Mm, or, or the Mickey churro waffle. It's hard to pick one or the other. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I, I would agree with you. Those are hard to pick. I would go with the churro waffle myself, but you know, to each his own. Um, all right. Favorite savory item on board? Ooh, I think my favorite savory item was the samosa appetizer on Pirate Night. I really Ooh. liked it. Ooh. Oh, wow. Interesting. You know, we got we to gotta go back into a Pirate Night. Sam. I guess we're going to have to. Yeah. We're gonna I guess to do we, it. Brian loves a samosa. So that's, uh, I feel like that's something we've we've got to go back to. I would get Our, two next time just because I wanted more. They were so good. I love it. I have to ask, I didn't ask this earlier. Did you try the truffle presets in Animator's Palette? We did. And what was your verdict? I loved them and I was lucky because there's a lot of cheese-like texture in there. So I got to eat my husband's too. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Now my final question, because we, we already established your favorite ship as the fantasy. What is your bucket list cruise? If you could go anywhere in the world on Disney Cruise Line, where are you going? Asia. I want to do like park hopping in Asia. Park hopping in Asia. Nice. Well, you might get your chance with the Disney adventure. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big ship. That is a big ship. That is a big ship. Well, thank you for playing, Mallory. You obviously, I told you, you, you were going to win as soon as you picked Frozen. Um, and then you got bonus points for coming up with the best idea for favorite bar. So yeah, you, you, you didn't just win. You like knocked it out of the park. No judgment on anything that you picked. And uh, you know what? I'm going to give you extra bonus points for picking Mickey Churro waffles as one of your sweet items as well. So yeah, so they yeah, so there you go. And now I know Brian has a question for you, so I'll let him butt in now. <laughs> well, so so my question is so I mean it sounds like you want to go back on Disney Cruise Line. Sounds like you want to go to Iceland. So did you did you find the experience uh did you find the experience had value is the wrong word? Well, value is the right word. Did you did you find that like the price you paid for the cruise versus the experience you got is something that you'd be willing to pay in the future for a similar experience? You know, are you hooked solely on Disney Cruise Line or now are you like, oh, I kind of want to look at some other cruise lines out there because I like cruising? So value wise, I think a Disney Cruise has a ton. Like I felt that it was worth every penny and then some of what we paid. Um, and we did this, like I said, it was a 10 year anniversary. We didn't, we eloped. So I was like, you owe me a wedding, sir. <laughs> um, so we did like anything that I was like, I want to do this. He was like, okay, we're going to do it. So we kind of went all out in a lot of ways. And I felt like everything was worth the price. The service that you get, my husband works in hospitality. So even he was like, this is unparalleled. This is such a, we got such dedicated service from all of the service team, um, from all of the crew on the ship. Um, and then, like I said, I brought it up a couple of times. My husband had a stroke a couple of years ago. And so this was our first like foray back into international travel, even though I feel like the Caribbean is like international light, like diet international. <laughs> diet international. I like that. But it was like our first foray into leaving the U.S. and trying to feel comfortable. And I felt like the ship 
really catered to both of our needs. So when he needed to go take a nap because the snorkeling really took it out of him and I wanted to go read in the jacuzzi, we could do that. And so like for the different activity levels and for the different needs we all had, I felt like it was so much easier to cater to that than something like the parks are where if you need to go take a nap, you got to schlep yourself all the way back to your hotel room. Whereas like down three decks is not that hard. Yep, absolutely. Well, and and to your point of of it being international travel light, I think is a is a great one. You know, the fact that you all of your stuff stays on board the ship, you're going to go back to the ship and have at least breakfast and dinner on the ship. You might eat lunch off in a, you know, a foreign port, but it it just it is a very easy way to do international travel. Now, are you going to get to go in depth to, you know, some port and spend lots and lots of time? No, of course not. It's it it is international travel light, I think, you know, but it is a great way to get to go to some places that you might not otherwise go to. And particularly for people who are, uh, you are not scared of international travel. Obviously you did the semester at sea, you're well-traveled, but it, I think it is a, a nice and easy way for folks who maybe are a little bit more wary about international travel. Mallory, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on the show and share your experience. We love sharing first-time cruising experiences. It's just so much fun. Um, So I'll just say thank you for taking that time to spend with our listeners and us today. We really, really appreciate it. No, thank you. This was wonderful. A big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night.